I like to identify as a nerd. And being this self-identified nerd, I really enjoy superheroes. And one of my new favorite superheroes is Daredevil. He has either tied or taken the place of my long-standing favorite Spider-Man, and this is a major accomplishment for Daredevil. Because uh, superheroes, like, if superheroes were ranked on a scale of, like, Aquaman to Spider-Man, like, even Thor and the Avengers would be several points lagging, like, a six at the best. Like, that's how much I like Spider-Man. So, like, Daredevil got up there. Um, one of the main characters in the first season of uh, Netflix's recent Daredevil series is Wilson Fisk. And if you're unfamiliar with this series, um, Wilson Fisk is a man who has deep complexity and a lot of contradictions. He is just a really, really interesting character in general. Um, now, Wilson Fisk is a man who loves his city a lot. But he sees a great amount of pain in his city and sees that his city is broken. And... Uh, a man like Wilson Fisk, who has a lot of money, power, and connections, can do something about this brokenness. And he does something about this brokenness in his city. But Wilson Fisk isn't perfect. He is actually a villain who is common in Marvel's New York universe. Um, and he originated as Kingpin in the Spider-Man comics. Fisk sees the brokenness in his city and does crazy things to try to repair his city. He bombs criminal organizations and uh, violently tries to remove them from his city. He terrorizes the city in an effort to cleanse the city. He is actually trying to make it better, but simply does not realize that his methods are making it worse. He is a, a character that you really, really want to hate, but you can't, because like, he's honestly, like, legitimately trying to make this place better. And I'm really good at segues, so, you know, Jesus has something to say about pain and suffering and how we should react to it. Which brings us to our text. Uh, if you want to turn to Matthew 25, 31 and following, that would be helpful. It uh, is a bit lengthy and a bit repetitive, but Jesus really wanted to be clear here. So he made sure that if you didn't get it the first time, you kept hearing it. And... Uh, I go to Bible college, and I've heard a lot of sermons in chapel, and I know that one thing that a preacher has to do is call out how hot his wife is. So my hot wife <laughs> is going to read for me, hopefully. Right. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. This passage, it reads kind of like a parable, but it's actually Apocalypse that has parabolic characteristics to it. Apocalypse is a Jewish style of writing that is somewhat common to the Old Testament, especially in prophecy. Um, apocalyptic literature reveals something hidden oftentimes about end times. Um, after all, Jesus' parables don't normally begin with, when I come in my glory. They, in Matthew, they generally begin with, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like. So it's similar, but not quite the same. This has more, I want to say parables aren't real, but this has more realness to it. Like, it's going to happen. Um, he breaks up in this short little part of the passage, um, 
everybody from every nation in the world into two camps. Those uh, who are on his right are sheep, and those who are on his left are goats. And if you would like to read the next section, which is 34 through 39, that would be great. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? So here Jesus is pretty much saying, hey, remember all those times that you fed me when I was hungry, and you gave me a drink when I was thirsty, and you invited me in as a stranger and clothed me when I was naked? When you took care of me when I was sick and visited me in jail, um, I have a kingdom prepared for you to inherit because you took care of me when I needed it the most. But then his disciples are mostly all just going to say something to the tune of, oh man, like that's super awesome. Like, thanks for the kingdom. But like, when did we ever do any of those things? I don't remember seeing you hungry or thirsty. And how did you end up in prison? Um... And if you'd like to read the next portion, just verse 40. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. The love that we show to others, especially the loving that we do to those who are the least of these, those in need, is the love that we show to Christ. This speaks to the motives this also speaks a little bit to the motives behind um, our deeds that we do. Um, if Jesus was literally in front of us and he needed some food or something else, like who, or someone else who had a lot of power was in front of us and needed some food, like who among us would be like, oh no, it's fine, like I'm not going to give you anything. Of course we would all help him out because chances are somebody in a lot of power, if we're helping them out, like we're probably expecting something in return. Like, as pure as we say our motives are, like, there's going to be something that, like, in the back of our heads is like, mm, yeah, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you, like, a sandwich now, but, like, you're going to give me something later. Um, but Jesus turns this upside down and uh, tells us to help out people who cannot reward us who truly need food and water and clothes. We are called to help people because they are people who need help, not people who can repay us later. Um, and Jesus says that if we help these people out, we will spend eternity with him in heaven. So that's pretty cool. Now, it's easy to stop right here in the text because it's nicer and, like, it doesn't sound so... Eh. Um, and, like, it just ends on a positive note if we just end this parable here. Um, but that's not where it ends. Like, 
it could end like, hey, remember that time you got that homeless guy coffee? Yeah, you actually got that from me, and like, here's heaven. But Jesus keeps going, and I think we should keep going also. Can you read 41 through 46 for me, please? Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or needing clothes, or sick or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So that brought that really high note really far down. Um, Here Jesus is saying, like, hey, you goats, um, there's some eternal fire waiting for you. That was prepared to the devils and the angels. And, like, because all those things that the sheep did for the needy, you know, me, um, y'all didn't do. And... I don't really have any good systematic theology to be like something, 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 hell, something, something. So I'm just going to, Jesus said it. Um, so, like, again, this speaks to the motives. Uh, these goats likely helped out people who were, there, like, were able to repay them at some point. Like, they, I'm sure that, like, if they saw somebody who was of means but was in a tight spot, they probably helped them out. Um, but... Um, Jesus isn't discouraging helping out people um, who could repay you, but he is discouraging ignoring those who will never be able to repay you. Like, you, you need to do good for people who can't repay you. Um, all right. Now, in theory, the application for all this may seem pretty easy. Don't be a crappy person and help out those uh, who are in need. But it can be pretty hard figuring out uh, where to start. Obviously, in our our age of mass media, it is hard to not be informed about every single tragedy that happens in the world. We see immediate and constant updates on earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, shootings, bombings, terrorist organizations, refugees, starving children, villages that have little to no water, um... And so much more pain in the world. Like, we're, we see this all the time. And this is just what we're seeing on the internet and TV. Um, living in the city, we are also greatly exposed to homelessness, hunger, addiction, broken families, racial injustices, and gentrification. Um, just to name a handful of crappy situations. This world is full of so much pain. And so much, well, and so many people who are the least of these. If we are to live our lives as followers of Jesus, we must do something about the broken and crappy situations. But where do we begin? Like, there's just so much, like, I don't know what to do. Um, locally, we see people who are hungry all the time. Some even hold up signs to let us know. Some people suggest that uh, you just give these people money, and honestly, I don't know what to do, like, the best thing to do in those situations. Um... I don't know if it's 
the best thing for them to give them money. Some argue that they'll just buy drugs with it, but it might be the best for them like to give them money. I honestly just don't know. But something that will definitely help would be to buy an extra taco from Taco Bell or just give them their le your leftovers from B-dubs next time you got extra wings. Um, like you can help out in small ways that like don't even bother you. Like what's another buck twenty-five or whatever the heck a taco is. Um, you could do something like um, buy some wool socks from Walmart or Target and hand them out to homeless people before winter. You could also buy some inexpensive yet warm coats from St. Vincent's for them. If you can knit or anything like that, you can knit them some gloves or scarves. The possibilities for helping people in need are only limited to your creativity and imagination. Um, nationally, internationally, it gets a little bit trickier though because it's just distance and organization that's needed. It just gets tough. Um, but more organized people, more organization is needed, and it's easily to get discouraged on such a large scale. But there are some easy things that can make a difference, like a big difference. You can find a charity or a mission that helps dig wells or house refugees or, and give them support financially. You could raise awareness of these charities uh, and uh, the problems that they are trying to help. If uh, you are organized and passionate enough, you could even start a charity or a mission. You could go serve in a needy area. Um, you can pray for these needy people uh, that we hear about. We can pray for the regions that are affected. We, for the um, people do something about it. Um, and uh, the possibilities are limitless here. Like, it's just creativity and imagination that are necessary or other people's creativity and imagination if you're not. There's so much that we can do for the least of these that we really have no excuse not to do anything. And let me pray for you. Um, dear God, you're just awesome. Um, thank you for everything that we have. Um, just please be with those who are broken and in need and the least of these. Help us find it in our hearts to do something for somebody. Like, we can't solve everything, but we can do something. It just let us find the energy and courage and everything to do something. In Jesus' name, amen.